0: Tapping the keg daily is live for Wednesday. It is October 18th. We're gonna talk about the rest of the Green Bay Packers schedule. Do you feel better? Do you feel worse? Do you feel the same? We'll go through team by team, break down what they've done so far this year, how I feel about them, and then outline a best case scenario, a realistic scenario, and a worst case scenario. Fun topic. Really excited for it. We're also gonna talk about Marquette being top five in the AP poll. Yes, a little bit of Marquette talk. Why? I am not running from it. We'll also chat about the Milwaukee Bucks preseason games, some hot takes from that. Maybe Craig Council at the end. If we have time, we'll see. Uh, We'll see how the timing all shakes out. Oh yeah, James Robinson also added the Packers. We'll talk about what that means uh, after our main topic. But before we get going... Social media, Tapping the Keg on Twitter, Tapping the Keg Sports, Instagram, TikTok, as well as Facebook. Uh, thank you guys for keeping the follows. We really appreciate it. We're getting close to 900 on Twitter. I think I just hit over 800 on TikTok. So appreciate all the love. If you're in there from these, I've been posting now on my TikTok stories that with the podcast coming up. So if you're checking us out for the first time, welcome. Uh, we are on Apple, we're on Spotify, where, wherever else you get your podcast. we are there for you. So if we are on a platform, you do, you don't see us there. Let me know. I will take care of it. Uh, also, if you already subscribed, you know what to do. Review rate. Uh, we'll also take uh, group chat, uh, shares and say, Hey, check these guys out. Uh, debate with your friends about the Packer schedule, the whole thing. All right. Let's get going and talk about the Green Bay Packers w- remaining schedule. The Green Bay Packers are off the buy in week number seven. The Green Bay Packers will have football for the rest of the year. The Green Bay Packers will be playing on Sundays for the foreseeable future. I think Green Bay will be on Sundays until, was that, that Thanksgiving week where they're on Thursday against the Detroit Lions. And that's great. Uh, I have missed the Packers. I, I've talked to you guys about my fondness for red zone, but I've missed the Packers on Sunday. There's been something wrong about not watching the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. So fact that we get to do it, we do have to wait. Like it, it's a full on tease. We have to wait till 325, but finally we will watch the Packers on Sunday uh, this coming week against the Denver Broncos. And that is a team to kick us off on this segment that I definitely feel better about. And I'll explain it before we get going. But basically, I think we have an idea of who these teams are. Now, can these teams change? Absolutely, right? Uh, Major injuries can happen and these teams look entirely different and they feel entirely different. Uh, You know, if we're playing the Lions this week, for example, and they're down David Montgomery and they're down uh, also Jameer Gibbs and it's just Craig Reynolds, you know, maybe that gives the Packers a shot. Or if you're playing the Eagles this week and we'll see the status of Jalen Carter and Darius Slay, but maybe there's a chance. I guess all the Niners could play next week against the Vikings, but that could work to the Vikings advantage. And basically that's my point, right? Like we don't know, we're just assuming that everybody's gonna stay healthy, that these teams are kind of what they are right now, that not much is going to change and that's how we're gonna approach it. And if I feel better about where it was in the preseason when I saw the schedule come out, do I feel worse? Do I feel kind of the same? Uh, I, I think that's what we'll do. I thought about doing slightly better or way worse, but we'll just, We'll cut it there. I'm sure I will mention somewhere. I'm like, yeah, I feel a little better or I feel a little worse. But yeah, let's get into it. As I said, Denver Broncos, I definitely feel better about that game. I thought looking into that season, I didn't think the Broncos would be a playoff team. Everybody loves to suck Sean Payton's dick because he did the media for one year. Like that's all it takes, right? If you want to be liked by the media, all you have to do is work in media for a year that's it. Like that's all you need. And then everybody's going to be a huge fan of you. I love, love, love Peter Schreger. Peter Schreger is one of my favorite guys to do NFL. That said, that guy is a relation-based dude. And so when he has a relationship with a guy, he's in the bag for that guy. He was in the bag for Sean Payton and he's been in the bag for other guys too. I'm not blaming Tregs for that, but he was the guy who drove that momentum about Denver. And I just thought, okay, Sean Payton will fix this. Maybe Denver gets close to the playoffs, but they don't make it. They're progressing towards sort of this new era of Broncos football, but they're not, they're not even close. They have the worst defense in all football. They are getting run on by absolutely everybody. You can pass on them. Russell Wilson is slightly better than he was last season, but he's still struggling. It has not been, a good experience for Russell Wilson. He he cooks and his cooking is bad. It's like, you know, the husband or wife who can't even boil rice or boil water for rice. Like that's what Russell Wilson is cooking right now. And the Broncos had some injuries. The Jerry Judy situation is very weird. Uh, Cortland Sutton is, you know, just there. Like they could have a fire sale here before Halloween. So you could argue that playing the Broncos after October might actually be beneficial. But if all of these players think that they are getting traded, why will they care about this game? They're gonna try not to get hurt. They're gonna try to just kind of go through the motions. I think this is a major advantage for the Green Bay Packers. And I think they can capitalize here. And I know the Packers, four and three off the bye. I truly believe that the restriction plate is gonna be off for Jordan Love. I think the Packers are gonna make some serious noise and make a pseudo statement in this game. So I feel very good about this game uh, and I feel a lot better than I did at the start of the year. Now, if Green Bay loses this game, I think that that is panic button city. Like we're pressing the panic button. We're having a big time conversation about where the direction of this Packers team goes because then you're two and four. The season isn't technically lost, but you've now lost the Broncos, the Falcons, and the Raiders that those are three teams that you probably should beat you know if you're a good football team and maybe the Packers just aren't a good football team and and that that is possible and and I think my ratings on this is still judging the Packers as a semi-good football team maybe not to the level of what I thought they'd be at the start of the year as someone who you know liked their over at seven wins liked them to win the division thought it was crazy the odds that they had but uh that was that's maybe a little bit overreacting but we'll see you never know Uh, Minnesota Vikings I feel better about that game uh there's a ton of reasons about why I feel better about this game number one obviously Justin Jefferson's not playing so you have One last guy, Kirk Cousins did not look good without Justin Jefferson last week against the Chicago Bears, who do not have a good defense, right? The Bears have went over in all of their games except for the game yesterday or last week against the Minnesota Vikings. And Kirk Cousins did not do much offensively. They had 13 points in total. So you have the lack of Justin Jefferson. I'm immediately gonna feel better about that. I also am going to feel better because you play the San Francisco 49ers the week before, but not only do you play the San Francisco 49ers the week before, but you play them on Monday night. So you get one less day to rest after playing the 49ers who are the most physical team in the National Football League. The numbers with teams against the 49ers the week after is not pretty. They beat you the fuck up. Now I know the Cowboys won that football game, but it was a sloppy game. I mean, Jerry Jones said it himself. The Cowboys were lucky to come out of LA with a win. And if the Chargers played a little bit better and Justin Herbert's deep balls were a little bit better, I think the Cowboys could have lost that game by 10 or 14 points. So. I would not put a ton of stock in that. Well, what about the Cowboys? I think the Packers have a significant edge against the Vikings. The only thing that scares me in that game is Brian Flores blitzing his absolute ass off. Uh, Jordan Love has not exactly handled pressure well. This Packer offensive line hasn't really done well with pressure. I'm nervous that Daniel Hunter and others will eat in this game, and that will be the reason why the Vikings stay in this football game but that is the only thing that really worries me about this, the game against the Vikings. I think the Packers have an edge. I think they should be favored by two and a half. We'll see when a line comes out, but I, I feel like this should be a game that the Packers should win, and I feel better about it for the reasons I laid out. Moving on, the Los Angeles Rams. I feel, not only do I feel worse about that game, I feel way worse about that game. I know what you'll say. Sean McVay has been owned by Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur has eight Sean McVay's lunch money. The numbers of LaFleur versus McVay are stunning. I am not gonna disagree with you that. I will forever think about that when it relates to the 2021 Super Bowl, or 20, yeah, 2022, excuse me, that the Green Bay Packers could have had that because of the mind games that LaFleur seems to do against McVay. Joe Barry, coincidentally enough, is also good against McVay because he coached with McVay. So he knows what they are doing. That said, Cooper Cup's healthy. Uh, He was not healthy the last time the Packers played the Rams. Puka Nakua is a new combination they can run slants all throughout that game if the Packers are playing soft zones they can run slants up and down the football field now they have a little bit of issue at running back Kyron Williams it looks like he's gonna miss a week he might miss more so we're you know we're three weeks away I think Kyron Williams will be back so they will have that running attack their defense has been good they have a bunch of no-namers and then Aaron Donald on that team and they are getting it done Raheem Morris is doing a good job and Aaron Donald in the middle hits a little bit different Elton Jenkins has had some success against Aaron Donald in the past and they've found ways to neutralize Aaron Donald but you can never guarantee that every year like is that really going to last so I do feel slightly, I, I say, I, do, I feel worse about that game. That game, I originally looked at it as like, all right, we'll win. It's kind of a, a time where the Packers will get hot. And it's like, no, the Rams are fucking good, man. And I, I think they're a playoff team right now. And it will be a very important game in terms of playoff seeding because I don't think the Rams are winning the NFC West anytime soon. And so that that could be your sixth or seventh playoff team right there in that matchup with the Packers and the Rams. Then Green Bay goes to Pittsburgh. After two two weeks at Lambeau Field, they head to Pittsburgh. I feel the same about that game. I don't think my opinion on Pittsburgh changed. I always knew they had a good defense. The TJ Watt tearing the Packers up is an absolute fucking nightmare. Uh, Having to relive that and be like, well, you know, we could have had him, but we drafted Kevin King. Yeah, we fucking know it, Wally Walkershaw. Like, we get it. We've heard it so many goddamn times. You don't need to remind us. We we understand, okay? Uh, But... Matt Canada is a terrible offensive coordinator. They do have talent on that offense, but I I think that Green Bay could be successful. Like, they can't run the football. And Josh Jacobs, for all the stuff about Green Bay and their run defense, he didn't really run the ball that well against the Packers. And that's kind of what the Steelers are right now in terms of running the football. And I think it will be a defensive slog. I do think Green Bay still has a chance to steal one in Pittsburgh. It never seems like they play well against the Steelers. I don't know the last time they beat the Steelers. It might be Super Bowl, honestly. I think it is the Super Bowl because I I remember the Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Flynn game. Uh, They also had a Brett Hundley game where the Packers were, I think. They were like 12-point underdogs that game, and they were close. That game was down to the wire. It was a Sunday night in Pittsburgh. Uh, I also remember a wild shootout between Rodgers and Roethlisberger in 2009. That was the Jared Bush game. Jared Bush got absolutely abused in that football game, but I don't recall the... Oh, no, they did beat the Steelers. It was in Lambeau Field. That's right. That was like Lafleur's first year, 2019. So I I take that back, but I can't remember the last time they won in Pittsburgh. It's been a very long time for Green Bay. So we'll see how they do. I, I don't I haven't really changed my opinion. I like Pittsburgh. I think they are a fringe playoff team. They have a really good defense. But it's not necessarily something where I'm like, okay, this offense is completely humming. Um, And maybe they get on the same page. Maybe Pickens becomes a problem. I do worry about him in terms of deep balls and his size against Jair Alexander. That'll be a very interesting game to see if Eric Stokes is fully healthy or Sewell Douglas. Like I, I think... Both those guys might have an advantage against Pickens. That would be a, a situation where you see less of Jair on that number one guy. He'll be on Deontay Johnson. So the Packers match up decently. I give them a decent shot in that game. They won't be favored, but it's not a game that you completely write off and you're like, oh, that's a that's a scheduled loss. The Los Angeles Chargers, I feel so this is the one I'll cheat on. I feel slightly better about it. I think the Chargers are not very good football team. Like I, I just think they're. Pretty average, And I think it's because they're poorly coached. I think Brandon Staley is not a good coach. I think Callum Moore is an overrated offensive coordinator that was on the Dallas Cowboys. And everybody heard his name a lot, but I don't think Callum Moore is really that good. Keenan Allen will be an absolute terror. I mean, that is a good matchup for Jair Alexander, but I still wonder if the crafty vet of Keenan Allen will get there. The fact they do not have a number two wide receiver is an interesting subplot here because... I, that really limits what the Chargers are doing. Like Quinton Johnson has not lived up to first-round potential. He still is a while away. They, they have to rely on Austin Adler. Austin Atler could go crazy against Packers. It also is middle of November. That could be snow. That could be bad weather. So that, that works to Green Bay's advantage. The Chargers never seem to stay healthy either. Uh, if they make a deal for a, sec- a two wide receiver, like if they're just like, all right, we feel like there's an opportunity here to make a move. And then maybe that changes my tune a little bit on the Chargers. But I feel typically pretty good. Uh, also, Lafleur has familiarity with Staley. So that helps. Um, I-, I can talk myself into the Packers being all right in that game. I, I don't think that's a game that we have to necessarily fear or say, again, it's a scheduled loss. Uh, I think there's a, a path that Green Bay could win that, that football game. The Detroit Lions, I feel worse about. Uh, it's Thanksgiving. I, I don't really like playing on Thanksgiving. Uh, and it's and honestly, it's more selfish that I don't like playing on Thanksgiving because that is a busy fucking day for your boy. Uh, usually we have football in the morning. I don't know if we're playing. Uh, sources close have said we, we talked a little bit about maybe doing something else because we're all 35. And I warned everybody last year. It's like, hey, maybe we should stop playing football. Like we're getting to that point where someone's gonna get really hurt. And then we nearly had an ACL tear. And everyone's like, well, yeah, maybe. It's like, uh, usually I'm a little ahead of the schedule, but we'll see. But so you have that. Then I have I have two Thanksgivings. I have to be with my in-laws for that entire game. I watched the Falcons game with them, which is, wasn't bad. And but I'm 0 1 at that house. Like I, I don't know, It's kind of bad juju. Huge game. Although I, I think we I did see the Dolphins win at that game. So I'm 1 and 1 in the last two years. So maybe it will be okay. But yeah, I, it's not my environment for watching football. Let's just let's just leave it there. And now you have a Lions team that's really fucking good. And that is a team that I will say right now, it looks worse. Could it look different by middle of November? Absolutely. Is Jared Jared Goff gonna take the horseshoe out of his ass? Maybe. But Ben Johnson might just be that guy and be the best offensive coordinator in football. And Green Bay has to figure it out. I just want Green Bay to bring the noise. Like I want Green Bay to be a fucking bully in that game. I don't really care. Well, I care if the Packers win but I want the Packers to show some nuts. I want them to put the dick on the table just like Dan Campbell does. That's really what I want out of this game. So yeah, I, I feel worse about it because I think Detroit's better. I did not expect Detroit to be a top team in the NFC, but that's where they are right now. We'll, we'll check in before that game and see if Detroit actually is that. Kansas City, I feel the same about. It's it, it, The Chiefs are good. They, they are a solid football team. Their defense is better. It's weird because I feel the same But I guess here's the thing. If I would talk to you about the Chiefs in general, I feel worse about their defense because their defense is really good. They're the only defense that has played Jordan Love before. So they actually have tape on what they've done to Jordan Love in the past. And then I, but I feel, and they're good. And they have a really good defense now. And that's something that the Chiefs have not had during Mahomes, really his tenure. That has not been a staple, a calling card of this Chiefs team. And then, but the other side of it is, I feel better about their offense now. By December, could they be could they've figured things out? Yeah, absolutely. Rasheed Rice could be a guy. Justin Ross could be a guy for them. Uh, They could have Sky Moore finally figure it out after two years. Uh, Who knows? Travis Kelsey's going to Travis Kelsey. I doubt. You'll see Taylor Swift in Green Bay. Uh, I know that will be a headline if they're still dating. Uh, Travis Kelsey should own the middle. Green Bay always struggles against very good tight ends. I fear for that, but yeah, I, uh, I I feel the same about the Chiefs. That was always a scheduled loss because the Chiefs are you know one of the best teams in football. The New York Giants, I feel better about, it. even though I can't. Well, I think the last time they won, at Met Life, I was supposed to say I can't remember the last time Met Life. It was twenty ten. It was a twenty ten. No. 2011 year where Rodgers crazily drove down the field for seven three plays 75 yards for a field a mason crosby field goal which was absolutely absurd uh but we haven't seen many wins at the meadowlands and you've seen the packers lose they got blown out one time on a Sunday night uh, with Mike McCarthy. I forget the year, but that one was over from the fucking get-go. Packers had a couple of those Sunday night games in the 2010s where it would just be over from the start. And you're like, well, this sucks. I waited all day for Packers football and they just got their asses kicked from the, the immediate start. Uh, As for the the Giants, though, uh, it looks like a lost season. They showed a lot of fight against the Buffalo Bills, but Daniel Jones has been banged up. He probably will be back, right? It's a long way to go, but they have not had a a consistent offensive line all season. Uh, Their defense showed a little something here. Obviously, at that point, the blitzing of Wink Martindale will be a thing, but I, I, I do wonder, will Jordan Love just get used to facing the blitz just think about the teams he's facing, right? He's facing Minnesota. They'll bring the noise. He'll face Pittsburgh. They'll bring the noise. Staley, I guess, will I would assume might, you know, replicate and be like, okay, especially if Love struggles. And then Detroit, they, they send a lot of guys. Kansas City, they send a lot of guys. So I, I do wonder, you know, at that point, will Jordan Love just figure out the blitz? Like, is there a scenario where Jordan Love actually gets better about the blitz, because he's just seen defenses that are blitzing all the fucking time, and he knows what to do. I, I think that's on the table. I honestly do. Uh, we'll certainly have to see. But yeah, I I do feel better about that. The Giants just aren't a good football team at that point. They could be sort of tanking for you know a top pick. Now they won't draft a quarterback, right? But they'll still want you know a top guy. And who knows? Maybe Saquon's on the team. Maybe they they trade Saquon, and they're you know they have less playmakers on that roster. Tampa Buccaneers, I feel worse. I like the Buccaneers to start the season. Um, I guess I, from a team perspective, I feel worse. From the time of year that you play the Buccaneers, I still feel really good about it. I So I would say the same because you're in the Buccaneers in mid-December. You're getting a team coming in from Florida to play in Lambeau Field. Now, that's not always a given. It's not like the, the days of Favre, right? But Baker Mayfield has already played in December and he struggled. He threw four interceptions against the Packers on a Christmas day game. Uh, it, it, that Buccaneers team, it seems like they beat up bad teams and they don't do well against good teams. So I guess we, at this point, we don't know what the Packers are. If they're a good team, then yeah, we should be able to beat the Buccaneers. If they're a bad team, uh, yeah, maybe the Buccaneers have an edge. Uh, Again, situation where you're gonna see a lot of blitzing. Todd Bowles, another defensive coordinator that sends the goddamn house. Uh, That defense is still really good, but it always seems like they get banged up. They have a great secondary too. Uh, They're they're a motherfucker, Like You're gonna have to grind it out against them. Again, it could be for a playoff spot, either the Buccaneers fighting for the NFC South or fighting for that last playoff spot. I could certainly see that. Carolina Panthers, I feel the same. I didn't even. I didn't think the Panthers would be good all season. Um, that's proven to be true. I do worry about that game because it's on the road. It's Christmas Eve. All those guys want to be home for Christmas. The Panthers have to keep playing because they don't have a draft pick and they want to make sure that they don't have egg all over their face. Like the Panthers have to hope that that draft pick is anywhere from like 10 to 15. That's basically their hope, and the the thing that scares me about that game is Bryce Young all of a sudden starts to figure it out, and it's like holy shit, the Panthers like are springboarding into next year. So that that game worries me. It's worried me from the start. It's just I think it's it's a bad schedule game, unfortunately, for Green Bay. The Minnesota Vikings, we already talked about that. I feel better about. Uh, I think at the end of the year, it's a primetime game. Now I would be very dubious. That you're gonna have your New Year's Eve parties featuring the Green Bay Packers, I would imagine that maybe gets flexed. Although you know the Packers, they they like to keep the Packers on primetime. That's usually something, even if the Packers aren't very good. But that's the what that is that NBC's second to last game. I I can't think that they would keep that as the primetime game. Let's see right now the choices. We know Kansas City Cincinnati will be locked in CBS. CBS will keep that game. Pittsburgh, Seattle, maybe. Tennessee, Houston, don't sleep on that. As No, he, Tennessee's not. Oh, Miami, Baltimore is uh, 12 o'clock on CBS. You'll have that. That'll be your NBC game. That Lock that in. That will be there. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. New England, Buffalo, no. Atlanta, Chicago, no. Uh, Vegas, Indy, LA, New York, Arizona, Philly, New Orleans, Tampa. I, that I don't think that draws a, a huge crowd. But yeah, I think either that probably that Miami Baltimore game or Pittsburgh Seattle. I think will be your NBC game uh for that week. Was that week seventeen? Yeah, I, I don't think the Packers will be on prime time. But I think for the Vikings at that point of the year it would be assumed that the Vikings would be tanking. I know Cousins said he's not waving his no trade clause, but I don't imagine you're having uh, Justin Jefferson out there um, and maybe the Vikings have packed it in for the year. The Bears, I feel the same about because Bears are the Bears at that point. The only worry there is that it's the Bears Super Bowl and that the Bears look at it as their chance to beat the Packers. And even though it's like tank, 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 Maybe the Bears are at a point where they don't need to worry about it. Like if they, lose, they win, they're still drafting number one next year. Who knows? So that's the only, I guess, concern there. So how I I did it in terms of best case, realistic and worst case scenarios for the season, it, this is kind of how I, I mapped it out. I looked at it as I best case scenario, you guys are gonna be like, you're such a fucking homer, 11 and six. Now that is again, best case scenario. That means you're probably beating the Rams. That means you're probably getting one of Detroit and Kansas City. That means you're probably winning out in December and January. Like that is a really, really good result for Green Bay, okay? So I understand that that is probably not going to happen. All right, I I would say that that would blow my mind. That would be a very good coaching job by Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry. That would be just everything you'd want realistically I think it's a nine and eight football team that's kind of where I where I go like I keep looking at it and I'm like yes you could probably get a two-game winning streak here with Denver and Minnesota but then you have a very hard Rams game you have a, a difficult Pittsburgh road trip you could easily lose the next two and then you know you have the Chargers which could be a win but then you have Detroit and Kansas City and their schedule is kind of brutal in the in November, like I think again, going back to the start of the year, we're like, okay, the Rams aren't gonna be that good. Who knows about Pittsburgh? Who the Chargers, it's always an experience. And but now you like look at it and you're like, okay, Rams could be a playoff team, Pittsburgh could be a playoff team, Chargers could be a playoff team, Detroit definitely a playoff team, Kansas City a playoff team. So that's five straight games against either playoff teams or potential playoff teams at this point. So I, I worry a little bit about that stretch share for the Packers, but I go nine. Yeah, I go nine and eight is realistic. And worst case, I think it's six and 11. Uh, I don't see anything worse than that. Uh, maybe seven and 10, but I, I think six and 11 could happen, uh, but it would really have to go off the rails. They would be losing to Denver would be how you get to six and 11. That would be a path to six and 11, uh, but I, I, I don't, foresee that. I think it's going to be somewhere in that messy middle, right? It's either going to be seven and 10, or it's going to be eight and nine or nine and eight, or, or even 10 and seven. Uh, but I, I doubt, 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 doubt. It'll be six and 11. I, I really, and maybe that's my bias. Maybe that's my head is in the sand. I don't want to believe that this is a bad football team, um, but who knows? Maybe I'll be proven right on Sunday or proven wrong on Sunday. I Again, hope not. But yeah, that is how I feel. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on the social medias, on Twitter, uh, tapping the keg or tapping the keg sports on Instagram on what you think the Packers record is, who you feel better about, who do you feel worse about, who you feel the same. I uh, would love to hear from you. Um, shout out to Adam too. He, he responded to my last one and I didn't see that uh, Would until like it was already passed. So I apologize that I didn't respond to that. Usually I try to respond to the IG, IG comments. Also, I don't know if all you guys follow me on Instagram, but I posted a line from Saving Silverman, and nobody messaged me that it was a Saving Silverman line. And if you do not know Saving Silverman, first of all, kindly fuck off. Go watch that movie. One of the best cult classic. Jack Black, Steve Zahn, Jason Biggs, Amanda Pete. It's a great movie. Uh, Neil Diamond prominent role in it. Uh, I can quote that movie from start to finish. Uh, one of my favorites. So go watch that, uh, but yeah, that was so that hurt. I'm not gonna lie, like that that was that was a big uh, big bruise to the ego. Also, before we move on to basketball, we're gonna talk about James Robinson. James Robinson joining the Green Bay Packers as part of the practice squad. Uh, he is not currently on the 53 man roster. James Robinson had over a thousand yards as a rookie. He tore his Achilles in 2021. Robinson is still 25 years old. He has bounced around the league since getting released. I think he only got traded by Jacksonville to the Jets and then he's kind of bounced around ever since. What does this potentially mean? I think it means a few things. Number one, I don't know if A.J. Dillon's job is safe. I think that they could be looking to either move on from A.J. Dillon, remember he's in his last year of his rookie deal, or they could think of another option, or they want to make sure that they have three available and that the workload that A.J. Dillon had was too much when Aaron Jones went down. And you can't guarantee that Aaron Jones is going to stay healthy. Aaron Jones has had injury problems in the past, and it would be very annoying if Aaron Jones got hurt again, but they need some insurance. And Emmanuel Wilson, unfortunately, is not cutting it. Uh, it was a great story, undrafted kid out of Fort Valley State, but has not really been working out. Patrick Taylor is a great special teamer, but Green Bay has had to manipulate him in terms of practice squad and releasing and all this other bullshit that they might just kind of be done with it. So I, I think that James Robinson, I don't think he'll play this week, but I could see him making the active roster for Minnesota. Uh, it's definitely a guy to keep your eye on for Green Bay and maybe it's the move before the move, right? Uh, I think of the guy, the running backs that could be added, I probably like James Robinson the best. I think if you needed a lead guy, Leonard Fournette would be that dude, right? Or you've cup bait with A.J. Dillon, then it's Leonard Fournette. Um, I, I don't think Lenny is you know, kind of this practice squad guy at this point. I think A, he has too much pride. B, I think that he might have better opportunities like with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and then who's the other, Daryl Henderson? No, no way. Like I, Daryl Henderson's like a fantasy crusher of mine. I had Daryl Henderson forever. Uh, but yeah, no no thanks to that. I thought there was one more that was floated around. But yeah, I like James Robinson. Uh, I think it's a good ad for Green Bay and we'll be interested to see if he actually you know has a role on this team but yeah we'll uh have to keep monitoring the injury report as we head closer uh we'll be off tomorrow but then we will be back on friday with the packer betting preview for the denver broncos trying to win y'all some money so we'll do that on friday so stay tuned for that all right let's talk about marquette and how i am not afraid of expectations The Marquette Golden Eagles are number five to start the season next year. That is their highest ranking since 1977 and 1978. Uh, That was after the Golden Eagles had won the national championship. At that point, they were the Warriors. The Marquette Golden Eagles have a golden opportunity in front of them, no pun intended. They are one of the class of a very difficult Big East that is back in ways that it has never been back before. It's very exciting. This is we were talking about exciting times as a fan. I can't remember if that was me. I think it was our, my Monday solo pod this week where I talked about how just excited I was for Bucks basketball, but equally excited for Marquette basketball. This is as good of a stretch for bet, for hoops that anyone has had in the city of Milwaukee, with both Marquette and Milwaukee and uh, the Milwaukee Bucks coming. So I think there will be some that worry like, all right, top five team, huge expectations, preseason rankings don't always mean anything. Like they they can be sort of fugazi. There are, there is data to prove that usually preseason rankings at least are a tell for good tournament teams and long tournament teams that the cream always rises to the top. And that was one of the bigger concerns with Marquette last season, was that there was a lot of people who pointed to Marquette sort of coming out of nowhere and that they would get sort of submerged by better talented teams. Now, do I think if they had a seven game series against Michigan State, could they have won 4-3? Absolutely, right? Like that, that was a back and forth battle with Michigan State. But now Marquette is a year wiser they are still hungry. I think you could make a abstract case that the fact they lost the second round actually adds more fuel to the belly and more fuel to the fire. Had they gone to the Elite Eight or had they gone to the Final Four, would Tyler Kolek still be here? But also did Gadara still be here? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. And seeing that Omax got drafted at 25, I think there is a general respect, not only for Marquette, but for Shaka Smart, And these guys know if they have a big year, they could be the next Omax. And that Shaka got them ready to be first round picks in the NBA. And I don't think that that is the ultimate motivation, but you're always gonna wonder about the next step, the next part of the journey. But there is unfinished business for Marquette even though they won the Big East title. There's a new rivalry with UConn. You had the no escalators guy who I vacillate if I like or dislike probably more than anybody out there. I'm trying to think of a, a comparison that that would fit for that. Because there's sometimes I really like him. Like I, I like how he is just a big time Big East guy. But I also hate that he is a hater about Marquette. Like I, I just can't stand it. So I, I it's a very, Give or take thing. I'm trying to think of something that I could relate it to. Ah, man, I'll come back to it. But anyways, so yeah. And even though you won the Big East last year and you won the Big East tournament, you still have UConn who won the national championship. They won the ultimate prize. So there is still that chip on the shoulder. There's still that disrespect. But Marquette is now the hunted and they're not the huntee. That can be a problem for college kids that can be a, a different atmosphere, that you're going to get the best of the best, that even the bad teams, even Northern Illinois is going to give you a game. Like North, like I'm not saying that they're going to lose to Northern Illinois, right? But instead of it being like, oh yeah, we're playing Marquette, we're playing number five Marquette. And that could make their season beating a team like Marquette. That is that is a huge thing that they have now on their, on their backs. They have to play with that every game. And I guarantee you, there are gonna be games where all of a sudden we're like, holy shit, this is way closer than it needs to be. I hope it's not Northern Illinois. I hope it's not Ryder. But it could be, it very well could be. And they have a very tough non-conference schedule. That said, I am not going to... Freak out if it doesn't start well because, again, it's a new way to live. It's a new sort of lifestyle. I'm not scared of it. At first, I was. And then, you know, there were people online, and there's a great Marquette Twitter community who are like, no, don't run from it. Like, run into it. Like, you want to be the big swinging dick in the cracker factory. And that's what Marquette is. Marquette has that right now. They are the number one team in the Big East by the rankings alone. UConn is sixth. Creighton is eighth. Now if someone would say, oh, well, Ken Pom, they have them 11. Well, look, that's, that's okay, good for Ken Pom. I like Ken Palm a lot. I use Ken Palm all the time. But it is going to be a extremely fun season for Marquette, where we're living and breathing on every game. And it's just take care of your business, don't have dumb losses and be okay and be comfortable with being the haunted. That, that, is, that is okay, that is okay to be. And I can't wait to see them in person. I don't know if I will wait till Texas. Uh, we just signed up for the package for the year and uh, I, our first game is Texas on December the 6th but I might have to get there earlier. I don't know if it means a trip to Hawaii. I've, I've joked with my wife, I don't think I won the, the Maui prize, but man, oh man, is the Maui Invitational going to be great. I don't know what I'll do from a podcasting perspective for that, don't even ask, but that has a chance to be one of the greatest in-season tournaments that we will ever see. So think about this for a second. Here are the teams, and I've, I've talked about this in the past, but. It's worthy of a reminder. And just look at what we have in front of us here for just great games. And I will also pitch, I will also say, if you are not on the Marquette bandwagon and you wanna be, I welcome you. I welcome you to it. They play a fun ba- fun style basketball. If you're like, I don't like watching college basketball, they play a NFL or a pro style style. Uh, it's, it's enjoyable, like you're gonna have a good time, trust me, it's not Wisconsin, no disrespect to my Badger fans, but you get my point, right? That's usually why people are like, oh, I don't like college basketball, because they've watched too much Bo Ryan, they've watched too much Dick Bennett, I promise you, that is not what Shaka Smart is. Again, I mean, no disrespect, just let's, let's, cl- let's make sure we're, we're all on the same page here. Okay, so here's what the Maui looks like, as I pulled up everything. You have number nine Tennessee going up against Syracuse, Syracuse is unranked. There is, I, I would love if Wednesday I'm having beers with Shea Ken and we're watching Syracuse Marquette um, because that would be great. And the Bucks also play against the Celtics that day. So there's a world where you could go Bucks Celtics, Syracuse Marquette, but who knows that that would pro- I don't think Syracuse is it will be in the loser bracket, so that would be a bad situation for Marcat because Syracuse is not even in the receiving votes category. But I do think Syracuse has a promising team. Then you also have Purdue and Gonzaga. Purdue right now is ranked number three. Gonzaga is eleven. So three versus eleven in the first fucking round. Kansas gets Chaminade, probably fair. Number one team in the country, Kansas. And it's fair because they won the national championship last year. Uh, And then to nightcap, 1030 on a Monday night, you have number five Marquette against unranked UCLA, but they're 25 in the coaches pool. But like UCLA is is a great program. They're just losing a lot. So UCLA is not expected to be as good as Marquette, but still. UCLA was, you know, a a, a Julian Strother shot away from being in the Elite Eight last year. Like they still have guys. Like it's not like UCLA is, is, this is a down year quote unquote. They're just not at the level of Marquette, Kansas and Purdue. And so then if Marquette wins, you have a top five matchup between Marquette and Kansas. You have a top 10 matchup between Purdue and Tennessee. If the quote unquote favorites win this is absurd, and oh by the way, to really, really have some fun. If Marquette gets to the final, they are going to be the leading two Buck Celtics on third on Wednesday night. I haven't gone out on Blackout Wednesday in a few years. I I kind of retired, like I quite quit Black Blackout Wednesday because I just, A, well, part of it was I was working in retail at the time, so I always had to work on actual Thanksgiving. But the other part of it was, I was too fucking old. And I just was like, you know what? I'm not in that, I'm in that transition before like, you get to like 40 and then it's like, oh, you're just drinking with all the dads, right? I'm not there yet. Um, but this this would be one where you're just getting lit. Like that, if, it, if it's Marquette versus Tennessee or Purdue, Uh, at four o'clock and then it's buck celtics right after uh your boy is gonna have himself a blackout wednesday i will tell you those reviews will be another fucking level but man who knows we'll see we'll see if that's possible but yeah i am so excited for the marquette season uh northern illinois on the 6th of november so cannot wait for that and yeah we are running towards x day we'll do We'll do a larger Marquette preview, uh, kind of maybe similar to what we did with Mitch uh, with Marquette. I will, or um, the Bucks, I will do it solo though. It probably won't be that long. But yeah, we'll, we'll get something on the books. I promise you that. That is a, a promise to you guys. Um, probably, I'll think, let me think about that date wise, but it'll probably be like. Yeah, I will. I hate when I do this. I do this shit all the time where I'm like, I'm starting to plan out. And then I just, as my buddies say, beautiful minded. Uh, So hold on that, but we will get a Marquette preview. Don't you, don't you worry about that. All right, let's move on to stable basketball, but move on to the professional ranks and your Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks had their second preseason game with, Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo plane. They got waxed by a Thunder team that played most of their guys. The Bucks only really played Giannis and Dame. You didn't have Chris Middleton again. You didn't have Brooke Lopez. You didn't have Jay Crowder. You didn't have Bobby Porter. So a lot of guys missed, missed some time, but you did have Giannis, you did have Dame. Uh, some of the takes that I have from this game, number one is Malik Beasley is your fifth starter. I, I think if you didn't know, now you know. Malik Beasley had 20 points in this game, 17 in the first half. Uh, he was lighting it up. He was feeling good out there. I think Malik Beasley is starting to get comfortable uh, with Antetokounmpo, with Lillard, uh, and that's really good to see. And if he can be a spark plug early in the season, I think that's great. I think that will help carry the water as Lillard's still getting comfortable, as if Chris Middleton is... You know, is able to play, and I, I want to mention Middleton as well uh, here later. Uh, yeah, I think that that's that's a really good sign, and Beasley seems like the front runner, and I think it's it's pretty much a done deal. Like it's he's he has like a five-stroke lead with like four holes to go, three holes to go. Yeah, that that's probably more more fitting. But yeah, I, I like what Beasley has brought to the table. I do think that yes, there is maybe a, a slight worry about the perimeter defense, but again, I, what we've said a couple times this week. You know, sometimes you can get, if you get new coaching, you get a new style of defense, things can work out better for you. So it would not surprise me if Malik Beasley kind of figures out some things defensively. And yeah, he's the fifth starter, I think, until further notice. Number two, Giannis absolutely destroyed Chet Holmgren. I hope you guys are ready for the pain that Giannis is going to inflict Chet Holmgren and Victor Webminyama this year. Like, He's just too big. Like, he absolutely bulldozed Chet Holmgren in a, in a couple different scenarios. And if I was someone who liked Oklahoma City and I had him, I think, seventh or eighth in our NBA preview, I'd be like, well, Chet's good, but he can't stop any big guys. Like, if he gets a big guy inside, now, granted, not everybody, no one's Giannis. But yeah, that, that's not gonna exactly work out for him. And Giannis took him to the top. So I, it was really fun to watch. Uh, that was probably my favorite thing about this game. There wasn't a ton to like, um, but that was one where I was really enjoying just the the Giannis takeover. And he does that against rookies. He targets rookies. He likes playing against them. I'll, I'll never forget the buckets he gave Jabari Smith. I would wonder if I could hang out with Jabari Smith. I'd ask him, that sent you back like three weeks that Giannis was just giving you it the entire game. And it was like his second game as a pro. Um, Giannis isn't afraid to do that against anybody. Like Giannis, Giannis will go in on you. So do not do not think that Giannis is gonna take it easy on you because you're a rookie. He he relishes those moments weirdly. Like that's something that it seems like Giannis really, really enjoys. Now let's look at their schedule and see if there is a opportunity where the Bucks are gonna have a, a rookie advantage early in the year for Antetokounmpo where he has a little bit of fresh meat okay so he he has taken scotty scotty uh, barnes test. they have toronto fourth game of the year um detroit wiseman he's also handled wiseman there isn't really a unfortunately a good like rookie that you'd face like you play detroit early which is yeah a young team washington which is a young team but you don't get San Antonio until the 19th we talked about that game the Weminyama game and then the fourth against Weminyama they don't play Oklahoma City till late huh doesn't seem like it so Oklahoma City is a Sunday March 24th when the tournament's going on at home and then the second to last game of the year is at Oklahoma City so yeah interesting they they won't see Oklahoma City I'm trying to think of other other rookies that Giannis would target I'm like blanking on the draft of last year besides Weminyama that's not exactly a great thing for me. Uh, it's just bad. Like, you're like, that's that's amateur hour stuff. I'm trying to think. Well, Brandon Miller, probably not. Uh, Jairus Walker, there's no way he can keep up. Walker is gonna just get dog-walked by Giannis too. Derek Lively, I guess, of the Mavericks could get dunked on for sure. That would be a guy I would say would be put on a poster. No, Dallas is early, so you get Dallas on the Saturday, November 18th. So yeah, maybe there's a, there's a poster opportunity there uh, for onto the combo, but yeah, there, there, there weren't a ton of like guys that I, not necessarily look like Giannis because again, nobody's Giannis. It was a lot of a uh, Taylor Hendricks, the Utah, when did they play Utah? Just like looking at where Giannis can catch rookie bodies. Uh, they have an early Utah game? No, they don't play Utah till the 8th of January at, in Milwaukee. So yeah, I, uh, be interested to see how onto the combo, uh, Handles those young rookies. But yeah, he handled Chet, at least in that preseason game. Uh, also, Dave Miller struggling, not a concern. I'm not going to worry about that. Uh, if you're overreacting about preseason, get a fucking life. Touch some grass. And now you can say, well, Charlie, didn't you just do that about Chet Homer? I have data, data points to show that the honest bullies every rookie. So uh, back off my ass. Uh, yeah, no way, man. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I did I look through some... Dane box scores a preseason last couple of years? Yeah, I did. Uh, did I notice that he doesn't really play well in preseason? Uh, yes, I also noticed that. I think it's just sort of what he is. Like, I, I just think there are, he just needs to get comfortable. He needs to get the season started. So uh, yeah, I think there is, it's going to take some time. I don't think you're going to immediately see Dame Lillard just figure it out, right? He's getting comfortable in this new role. This is going to take some time, and that's where we talked about the month, right? I think we we can wait that month, and then that is kind of the time where we're like, all right, we need to start seeing it. And if we're still still at this point, then it's then it's time to worry at least a little bit. It's at least a little bit concerning. We we at least have to start start slightly throwing our hand on the pan But even then, I, I don't think it's a Huge worry. Last thought, Robin Lopez. Oh boy. I I look, uh, Robin Lopez man just does not look like he has it anymore. And I understand he's Brooke's brother. I understand maybe that was part of the agreement to get Brooke Lopez to play in Milwaukee again. But man, that I don't know at what cost. Uh, Robin looks really, really old, really haggard. And maybe it was the young Oklahoma City team that was running circles around him. I just don't know if you can have Robin Lopez out on the court. And maybe. The plan is not to have Robin Lopez out on the court. Maybe it's just, if you need a couple fouls, that's it. But I, I, I don't know. I feel like they could do a lot better at that position. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll have a conversation with Brooke and be like, look, your brother stinks. Like your brother has nothing left. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that, but he just stinks. I don't know if you'll do that in the player empowerment era, but maybe, who knows? But yeah, it's it was, a, it was a rough one from Robin Lopez. Okay, Craig Council will wait for uh friday we'll talk about console then uh we'll do that in the rapid fire rapid fire fridays uh segment that we've kind of started creating we'll have the betting show where we'll talk about uh the wisconsin badgers what do you do there we work high out with an injury uh we'll also talk about the Green Bay packers i was like all of a sudden i am like up here like what uh missing here it's obviously Green Bay packers so we'll do packers badgers and then talk about Council and other rapid fire things that come up. Yeah, we unfortunately, Council, as well as Mordecai's injury, didn't make the cut. Um, Mordecai's, in terms of that injury, just very quickly. I actually, I don't think the season's lost. I did TikTok on this, Temptive Kick Sports, you can watch it, where I basically just outlined the fact, A, it's a young quarterback. You get to kind of see what you have with that. It could be a springboard, win or lose. Like, you're still probably going to make a bowl game. Uh, the schedule isn't that difficult, right? You got Ohio State, that sucks. Going on the road to start also sucks. Uh, but you play Indiana, you play Northwestern. Like those should be wins. And if you win those two games, you're bowl eligible. Minnesota is also extremely bad offensively. Uh, that team is just not a good football team. And it's been on full display all season. So uh, we'll we'll just have to see. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely think the Badgers season is not lost uh, at that point. All right, that does it for today's show. Like I said, off tomorrow, back on Friday. We will see you then. You have a lot. You have a lot of content listening. Like you have over, you know, what two hours from the last, the first two days, and then you have another almost hour pod today. Like I'm just, we're just giving you content. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.